When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Battle Red Radio. This is Corey DLG, and we are celebrating my greatness, the Texans' greatness, the win of all wins. With me to help all of this go go easily, producer Nico. That's me, making sure the wind flows correctly. That's right. We uh, we went into this weekend with me, Corey DLG, telling all of our listeners, anyone who listens to Battle Red Radio. I've basically given you the ATM code to your bookie's bank account. We are 12 and 4 in on-air picks now. 12 and 4. And more importantly, forget just getting a spread right. On Friday, I said specifically, forget Texans plus 7. I said Texans to win. I said take the money line, take the minus 250. Texans to win. And not only did they win, they won by seven. So forget the spread. They they would have won by by 13. You could have given them a plus 13 and they would have won. Uh I am I am thrilled to be here today to just you know how like when a dog runs out in the in the front yard for the first time in a couple days and he rolls around in it and just just gets deep in there. Just gets deep and it just oh, wiggles around. That's me. I am deep in it and I am wiggling around. Well, the Texans are on the board. One, Finally. three, and one. <laughs> Let's go, baby. That's right. That's right. One, three, and one. One. Let's go. Not one and four. That's right. Not one and four. One, three, and one. So, I'm going to get to the standings here. Uh, obviously, we beat Jacksonville. So, they went to 2-3. and three. The, the Colts lost Thursday to Denver in the ugly one. So, they are 2-2-1. Two, 2-3-1? Two I think they're two. That's too many games. Let's see here. I can't. I can't keep. I can't keep it straight in my head. That's where I screw up. I think they're two, two, and one. They are two, two, and one. And the Titans, they did win on Sunday, so they are three and two. We're still in fourth place. But Somehow. no, I mean it makes sense because of the tie, and we only have the one win. But we're still only one game behind Tennessee. We still have two games to play against them. No, I meant, the, I meant somehow is in like how are we competitive? But oh yeah, yes, we have all right. So typically the the pundits they like to say the NFC East is the worst conference, the worst division in football. This year the NFC East is competitive. Philly is five and zero. Dallas is four and one. The Giants are four and one, and it's the lowly Washington Commanders who are one and four. 
I'm, a, I'm, I'm surprised by that coming into the season. I thought the Commanders would probably win an ugly division, like a 8-9, and 9-8 kind of situation. It doesn't look that way at all now. So that, that part is surprising to me. They're looking absolutely tussled over there. <laughs> they really are. I, I thought, well, I didn't think, I didn't think Jalen Hurts would have such a great sophomore year that he's had. I didn't think the Dallas Cowboys would play like this, especially not after Dak Prescott got hurt. Um, but if there's one way to win games, it's getting Dak Prescott out of the games. So that helps. And the New York Giants have finally started to see all that talent that they've been trying to accumulate start to play up to its potential with Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley actually looking like they belong in the NFL. Uh, Saquon Barkley is this rare, like, monster where everyone agrees that he's one of the best running backs they've ever seen. But this is really the first year that he's having an impact on wins and losses. Before, it would be like, yeah, he ran for 160 yards, but they lost by 12 points. It's like, yeah, he's amazing. His team is useless. Right. This this year, though, they've found a way to, to, on the field, not only showcase his talents, but also do so in meaningful ways that are impacting games and creating wins for them. That's a big thing. They were down at one point 10 points, and then he had a long run direct snap, like direct snap to him, and he, he breaks off like a 40-yard run. Uh, and then they follow that drive up with a touchdown, and then they're they're back in it. But it's it's him having an impact and changing momentum that hasn't always been there for the Giants. That this year on the field is is happening. But back here in the AFC South, where everything is just tightly packed up in one little box, one one loss separates first and fourth place. That's a good sign. So I mean, it, it's. Um, <laughs> and we're the only division with a tie, I think. We are. We are. Now, I will say this. They're... For the long-term situation, the Cleveland Browns are 2-3. and three. The Ravens and the Bengals both look pretty good, pretty competitive. So I don't think that the Browns, even just because of their own conference or their own division, I, I don't think they have a great chance of having a good, good season. That it's, it's, it's tough to say... I suspect the Texans are going to have a worse year than the Browns, but there's going to be somebody on the radio today on one of the sports talk stations who's going to say something along the lines of, this team could still string wins together, could still make a run, blah, blah, blah. This is a really bad roster, and I don't know that it's in our best interest to string a run together. Like, maybe we could take this division. Maybe, maybe. But I don't know that we should want to. Um, and I don't want to get too, too far into that. What I, what I do want to do, I'm going to do a couple ad reads here. Then we're going to talk about the game a little bit. And then we're going to talk about some story, some stories around the, the league. And then we're going to jump out of here. If that, if that sounds good to you. And later this week, we will talk about whether or not we want to win this division or not. I want to put together some numbers and really look at the Brown schedule, look at our schedule because it, it's only two Browns picks that we have. So ultimately where we pick also is going to matter. And we want as many picks in the top 100 as possible because you want to try and get as many talented players on this roster as possible because the rookies are who's playing well for us right now this year. And that kind of shows us what we want to do. 
Um, but before we get into all that, let me tell you guys about the latest party to hit the Houston scene. Custom Geek Parties. Everything from corporate team building exercises, geek-themed weddings, RPG parties, board game parties, cosplay parties, and more. Call Gamers Inner Circle at 281-746-4260. Gamers Inner Circle at 281-746-4260. Gamers Inner Circle. Are you in yet? Also, let me tell you guys about Splat Indoor Paintball. It's time to trade in your face mask for masks that cover your whole face. Load up the hoppers and go to war with your friends. Too hot, too rainy, too cold? Splat Zone has got you covered. Literally. It's Splat Zone Indoor Paintball. Round up the family and get to 11260 Hempstead to check out Splat Zone Indoor Paintball today. It's family friendly. It's low impact. They're trying to build youth leagues. Just give you guys something to do during the week. Get out there and have a good time. Who doesn't want to, in a polite way, shoot a couple paintballs at one of their kids? I mean, I think every every parent sometimes has thought, like, they've looked at their kid and they said, yeah, I kind of want to shoot you with a paintball right now. 11260 Hempstead, Splat Zone Indoor Paintball, now's your chance. Um, that should be their slogan. We're just going to change it for them. That's going to be their new slogan. Now's your chance. Um, <laughs> all that being said, this game was... Ugly, first of all. But all of our games are going to be ugly. And this is kind of what I talked about on Friday. We're going to play teams close. Even when we play quote-unquote good teams like the Chargers, that we get we, we had some dumb plays early that let the Chargers pull away. But then we stayed combative. We stayed in their face. We stayed close. We In the fourth quarter, we were still in, in range to strike like a martial artist or a cobra and maybe tie it up or maybe do something in overtime. We just didn't have that last punch because we're not there yet, talent-wise. We can't let teams pull away from us. When that happens, we're going to lose. There are going to be some games that we lose big. But when we are close and in games like this Jacksonville game, we've got a chance all the way down to the wire of winning this game. What do you think? Oh, absolutely. I feel like I feel like our, our roster is decent and really just hasn't been like refined yet. And I feel like the more talent we add, the the better we're going to be. And the fact that we're being this scrappy and this capable despite being so terrible is almost impressive. Yeah, and that's kind of right. Like, we're not, we're not built like, no for one, any No one looks real... at our roster and is like, wow, that's really impressive. I'm so impressed by this team. Right. But like... somehow we have a record that's not, like, completely laughable because none of our games have been, like, total washes like we haven't been crushed like 47 to like three no exactly and and it's and it's been you know when you look at somebody like the rams you look and you go oh they've got one of the best rosters in the nfl tampa bay the last couple of years you've been like man they're one of the ten most talented teams in the nfl and they've been in the playoffs they've been in super bowls because of that they've been deep good teams no one's looked at the texans roster this year and said like oh what a deep roster what they have said and what we said coming into it is this is a thin team, but they have a lot of potential. And we haven't caught the injury bug yet. And knock on wood, even uh, even Stingley was playing a little banged up. He hurt his elbow last week. And they had him out in this last week. He was wearing just this monster arm brace. And he fell on it almost right after they put it on him. And he immediately went back to the sidelines hurt. So it was obvious that it was something he was dealing with, and it's probably still bothering him this week. But this week they could tape him up real nice and tight with a custom brace, give him a shot, and he can go out there and play three and a half hours, and then just deal with the soreness tomorrow. 
But he looks like our only big major injury, except for the tight end spot. We're still dealing with a lot of banged up people at tight end, but that's okay. I don't. OJ Howard's there, and we don't seem to need the tight ends yet. Uh, we we could use more help all around, but we're getting away with I mean, it. That's always helpful. Here's an interesting statistic for you. So the differential, the point differential, the Jacksonville Jaguars are now two and three. They've lost the last two games in a row. They have a plus 31 point differential. So they've scored 31 more points than have been scored against them this year, and they are still two and three. Just to give you an idea, the rest of the division, the Titans, the Colts, the Texans, the Titans are minus 22, the Colts are minus 25, and the Texans are minus 13. Look at that. Now, that minus is one of the better ones in the league, but it makes a lot of sense, right? Because you play everybody so close. Nobody really pulls away from you. But don't get me wrong, there are pluses. So, like, the minus 13 probably honestly puts you in the middle of the pack. But when you're looking at the minuses, like there's a the Pittsburgh Steelers are minus 51. The Washington Commanders are minus 38. So minus 13, eh. That's a reasonable level of, yeah. I mean, it's not great. It's not great. Obviously. No, and you're 1 3 and 1. You'd like for that to be a positive number, but it's not going to be, and that's why you're 1 3 and 1. Um, Points for is a piddling number. It's not good. It's 86. But the points against is only 99. So you're in this really good spot. You ready for the big number? This is who's leading league in this. If you had this on a chart from positive to negative, the Buffalo Bills are in first place with a plus 91 after five weeks. <laughs> 152 to 61 after five games. I, I, they're doing all right. Yeah, they're doing okay. Uh, I've got Josh Allen. They're, so, they're, they're not. They're not five and zero though. No, they're not. They're four and one. I've got Josh Allen in my fantasy, uh, and his big, his big, his deep threat. You know, they traded for Sammy Diggs, and everyone was excited. Sammy Diggs is a possession guy. Glenn Davis is their deep threat. Uh, and so, Glenn, listen to this stat line. Into this game last, this game that we that was on Sunday, Glenn Davis had three catches for 170 yards and two touchdowns. Pretty good. One of them was a 92-yard touchdown bomb that he walked into the end zone alone uh, a minute into the game. The Bills are on the two-yard line. It's literally the clock is 14:02 when they say hike. Josh Allen takes a couple steps back. He throws it. Somehow Davis has already passed his corner and the safety. The safety kind of tries to get a hold of him, and he falls to the ground. And Davis just runs all by himself into the end zone on a 92-yard touchdown pass. Incredible. Josh Allen finished the day 20 of 31 for 424 yards. (laughs) That's a monster game. That's a monster game. There's a lot of that going around the league. Uh, Taysom Hill for the Saints had four touchdowns, three of them rushing. Uh, there was some good. There was some good in the league, and then there was some bad. Yeah, just, just a little, a little bit. bit, a little bit of good in the league, and there was some bad. I do want to. I want to highlight for the Texans. Uh, Stingley Jr. got an interception. I believe his first of the season. 
So that's great. That's good. Uh, Kenyon Green looked really good today. Damian Pierce is the reason we won the game. I don't want to short sight that at all. Damian Pierce with uh, just under four minutes to play in the game. He breaks off this 15-yard run. Someone on Reddit posted the clip of the run, and they titled it Angriest Run in the NFL. It is accurate because he gets hit at the line of scrimmage by two guys. He runs through that. One of the linebackers tries to tackle him high, so like hands around his head and shoulder pads region. Mm-hmm. He throws that guy off of him. He continues to rumble, stumble through the secondary, and eventually they do get him down. But even as they're getting him down, it takes three of them, and he falls forward. I mean, this was like the, it was the, the most brutal 14-yard run I've seen someone have in a little while, where you feel like the whole defense helped themselves back to their feet, looked around like, how many guys was that? And it was like it was just him. There were no blockers around him. Like, it is just him creating this havoc. And it got us within seven or eight yards of the end zone. Two plays later, we're at the edge, and then he, 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 they break it in, and they score the go-ahead touchdown right at basically the two-minute warning. Perfect. It's exactly what you want to happen. You do. You'd like it to be on the other side of the two-minute warning. You'd like to have a little less on. Jacksonville did have two more shots with the ball. Um... But it didn't. It didn't change anything for us, and that was okay. We did. We handled. We handled both of those two minute drills exactly correctly. Uh, I would have liked to maybe, like when they punted to us, we went three and out, and it, and they used their timeouts. Obviously, they managed the clock correctly. We didn't. We didn't do much except get them to burn their timeouts. But we didn't do much damage to the clock because we didn't get a first down. So that would have been the maybe the one thing I would have done differently. Um, but yeah, overall, it was a, it was a game that we were in the whole time, and that's what you want to do. We kept we kept Trevor Lawrence uncomfortable. Now, one thing that kept me uncomfortable was watching Davis Mills try to convert third downs. Uh, it was painful. It was very painful. It's it's high right right now today or yesterday yesterday's game. It was high on all of them. He was just a little over the guy on all of them, and there were so many where like they just landed harmlessly 10 yards behind him that if we were just a little unlucky would have all been interceptions like if this game had been like davis mills seven pass attempts four interceptions and then pulled it would have been it would have looked exactly the same because like these passes were just over the receiver there was no chance on a lot of these brandon cooks is not a very tall guy and there's one pass play where he elevates a good two and a half feet off the ground and extends his right arm as far as it'll go just to maybe try and palm a football down to convert a third down. And he's unable to pull it in, but it's all effort. It's all energy on his part. And you start to, like, you have to wonder, yes, they got the win today. But you've got to wonder also in, in that training room on on Tuesday when they're all getting stretches and the bruises are getting massaged out and everyone's tired and sore. And and these receiving, this receiving core is thinking to itself, like, we are killing ourselves trying to catch balls that we have no shot of catching. You got to wonder how much longer they're going to be in the game as far as mentally. Yeah. Yeah, being like, because those are clearly not your fault. 
because you're trying, you're you're putting in two hundred percent. Yeah, I mean, short of Brandon Cooks, your quarterback can't fire, firing off like rocket legs, ten feet short. There wasn't enough. There wasn't a way for him to catch some of these third down balls, and that doesn't. It's just, I've I've used this word so much that I almost feel like it feels like inconceivable in the Princess Bride. Like I feel like the little the the Sicilian where I'm just like inconceivable, uh, in, inconsistent though. He's just been inconsistent. And he goes out there and he, he does a little bit of work and you're like, yeah, that's what you want to see. And then he comes back and on the next drive, he does absolutely nothing that you want to see. And you're like, what happened to last drive? Like, where's that guy? Because I miss that guy. It's like, this is great. We already lost it. Where is he now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What happened to that guy? Can we get can we get last drive back? Can we get that guy back? And it's it's <sighs> I don't know if he's the guy. I don't know if he's not the guy. And that's going to be probably the same thing I say all year long. And that's frustrating because I would like to get I would like to get a little progress on that. But it's hard to. And the reason it's hard to is because he's not he's making improvements, but there's still so much glaring, there's so many glaring holes in his game that it's hard to be like I'm comfortable going into next year with Davis Mills. I'm not. I'm not comfortable with that yet. Right. Uh, but we did get the win, so I do want. I don't want to. I don't want to dwell too much on the negative yet. We've got all week to talk about plenty of stuff that's going to drive us crazy. The conversations nationally are probably going to turn, as far as the Texans are concerned, to be like, "Where's the ceiling? Can this team steal this division?" Blah blah blah. We don't want to. We don't want to steal this division. We want to. We want to finish towards the bottom half of the league. By the way, someone has already started the clock on the Detroit Lions taking the number one overall pick. Anybody ahead of us is a problem because we need a quarterback. So, you know, this win might matter later because of the tie. I don't know. It's tough to say. Um, the Detroit Lions have a draft the... pick? <laughs> yeah, they're letting them pick from the Division Two. I know you don't believe in them, but they are 1-4. and four. Um, They're a minus 30-point differential. I mean, like, they can make up stats all they want. It's not going to convince me they're a real football team. Listen, I'm not sure that they think they're a real football team. They've lost three in a row. They're not necessarily inspiring anybody. They had a really great hard knocks, though. It was, I mean, it was interesting. It had me rooting for them, but it's it's been a rough it's been a rough year so far for the old Detroit Lions. That's for sure. They can keep trying to convince me they're a football team. They won't <laughs> succeed. Okay. Um... Let me go ahead and let's do this read here for Aiton Law Firm. It's never a good idea to drink and drive, but what if you had a few beers at the game and you know you're not drunk, but you get pulled over and arrested anyway? You need a law firm that knows how to try DWIs. Someone who won't just plead you out quickly. You need a lawyer who has spent 150 hours in courses, in hands-on courses, learning the sciences used in DWI cases. A lawyer that ACS is qualified to be designated a lawyer scientist because these cases aren't like other kinds of cases. Your positive outcomes may very well depend on who better understands and presents the science at trial. Attorney Brian Asen is a designated lawyer scientist, and the lawyers at Asen Law Firm have successfully tried and won many of these cases. Call Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. That's Asen Law Firm at 832-209-2297. Or visit DWILawyerHouston.com. 
Um, also, let me ask you guys to take a second and hang out with me at the Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More, the Adventure Stadium. 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130 right there in Conroe, Texas. The Marcel Towns Shopping Center. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is all, all that whole first floor, but next to Tapped and the little dog place. But then if you go up to the second story, there's the Adventure Begins Stadium. And that has sports memorabilia, sports cards, sports trading cards, things of that nature. There's all sorts of great stuff you can get and check out there. The whole place is family-friendly, well-lit. It's a great experience. Uh, but it's really, Nico and I love the place. We go there all the time. My comic books are on hold in a little box with my name on it. Nico buys all kinds of cards there. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is a great place to go and check out. And it's family-friendly, just knowledgeable staff who can help you out. And the Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More Stadium sells all kinds of great sporting goods to check out. And you should be heading that way to Conroe to check it out today. 525 Woodland Square Boulevard, Suite 130, the second floor, the Adventure Stadium. All right, so we got a little bit more I want to talk about. We've been talking about concussions. And I told you that the league was going to sweep it under the rug. The league and the players were going to get together and they were going to, they were going to change the rules. They were just going to say, look, we protected the players. We're here to help everyone. No one's in danger. No one's going to die. And this week, just like I predicted, on Sunday at the Dolphins game, Teddy Bridgewater is backing up to Ataiavoa. I definitely didn't say that name right again. Uh, and Teddy Bridgewater gets hit hard by Sauce Gardner, and his head hits the ground. Now, when he comes out, he says he has an elbow injury. Allegedly, one of the spotters called down and said, no, no, I saw him stumble, check him for a concussion. He passes the concussion protocol rules. However, the independent neurologist won't let him back in the game. So the Dolphins had to finish the game and like from early on with their third string quarterback. That's what I'm talking about, baby. This is where dreams are made of. That's right. Now, the they did still manage to score 17 points. The Jets did win that game 40 to 17, though. I do wonder if Teddy Bridgewater could have helped some of that 17 points. But more importantly, what you're seeing there, this is going to be one of those things that the league and the players association. Now, I'm not a lawyer. I know this word has many meanings. I'm not trying to... I mean, I guess I am accusing them a little bit of something, but I don't have any evidence or proof of this. This is my own opinion. The Players Association in the league on this matter is going to collude. They're going to work together behind the scenes to make sure that we, the public, don't get too worried about player safety. So they're going to do stuff like pull Teddy Bridgewater and then not let him back in. Now, would they do that to Tom Brady? No. No, they wouldn't. As a matter of fact, Tom Brady had a play where he got slung to the ground pretty hard, and it did look like his head might have hit. His shoulder definitely did. His head might have. Instead, they called a roughing the passer penalty on the defender for slamming him to the ground so violently. But nobody called to the sidelines for Tom Brady to be checked out for a concussion. I think that there's going to be this double standard applied. You're going to see the, the Joes and Johns be checked out for concussions, not the, not the Stars. I also, there was a statement released jointly by the Players Association and the league that said all of the procedures were properly followed overall in the Tua situation 
Meaning the second time, not the first time. The first time they already fired that doctor. The second time, though. The, all of the proper procedures were followed. However, the outcome wasn't the desired outcome. Meaning he got himself exposed to, dam to damage and danger, and that wasn't the goal. But they didn't want to blame the process of procedures that they, again, fired a doctor for not following. But right. when they released a statement, all the, prop all the procedures were followed properly. Which already seems counterintuitive, but sure. Like, if you're going to have a system, it'd be like, no, it worked perfectly fine. It just went awful. Yeah, it worked perfectly fine. It just didn't work. <laughs> like, it builds zero confidence in, like, any kind of protection, like, rule. <laughs> like, well, no, this is working it, clearly as intended. It's like, well, this player is clearly suffering. <laughs> right. And let's also be honest. No one said this yet. But I am curious how long two is going to be held out. They ruled him out of this game this week, m m last Monday. So the Thursday night game, he gets hit and he gets the head injury. They knew by Monday he definitely wasn't playing against the Jets. That was four days later with a whole week to heal. And they said, no way is he playing against the Jets. I'm curious when Tua sees actual football again. Because I am thinking, this is my, I have no sources in Miami. I don't know anybody who knows a guy. I don't have any inside touches here. I don't, I, this is strictly assumption. And they could announce tomorrow that he's healthy and ready to go, and I would be dead wrong, I suppose. But I believe that he is, he is genuinely really concussed. Like multiple weeks out concussed. Because they haven't issued any sort of statement about the long-term. Usually, hey, sprained an ankle, he's out three weeks. Battling concussion, generally they don't know, but usually if it's a severe concussion, they could say battling a severe concussion out for, for several weeks. They've said that before for like Wes Welkers and types like that. What's interesting is they haven't said at all the, the likely severity of Tua's concussion. All right, and whether that's a decision to quote unquote protect player privacy after this whole JJ Watt thing, or them just being genuinely concerned and not sure. Well, I think they don't know. To... I'm not going to say they're concerned. I, I I think they don't know. Uh, I don't, but I don't. I mean, brain injuries gonna... are like that. You know, you don't know. Some people recover very quickly. Some people don't recover at all. That's the scary yeah. thing about head injuries. But the difference is usually you can like you could tell at least the severity. Like for example, one guy gets headaches, but one guy is nauseous when he stands up, vomits, and can't and has to wear heavy sunglasses to cover the light from his room. You know what I mean? Both of those are concussions. Those are very different concussions. Where is Tua on that scale? And they haven't said. And I think the reason they haven't said is because part of saying would lead to people asking questions again about, I thought you said the protocols worked. I thought we agreed that the outcome was bad, but the protocols did their job. This sounds like he got a very serious concussion. How did that happen? Dad, I wouldn't be able to tell you. And that's, they, and they told us anything. And, and they won't be able to tell us either. That's the thing is they won't, they're not going to answer that. They're not going to have any answers for it. They're not going to say anything about it because the only thing they can say about it is going to, paint them into a corner where they have to admit that they screwed up but if they screwed up then they're not on top of player safety and then the logic is flawed for everything they've been doing the helmets and everything else 
the limited practices, all the different things. And then the players are right when they get fined for socks, but then Tua can go out there and get his head bashed in. So it's they're in a rock and a hard place, and they have no intention of making it any easier for everyone else who's trying to figure out what's going on. Always a good sign. Yeah, no. This is going to be – this is this is old school. This is – if you recall when the Browns traded for Deshaun Watson, they publicly said that we did a very thorough investigation. He may be the most thorough player we've ever investigated in the history of the NFL. Then I think it was HBO Real Sports interviewed 12 or 15 of the victims, and they all said that, that they were never contacted by the Browns at all, blah, blah, blah. And then the Browns owner came out and said, we didn't contact any of the victims – because our lawyers advise us that may like that might be an issue. It could even open us up to potential liability. So while we did investigate and, and thoroughly vet the matter, we didn't interview any of the alleged victims. And then the, the question has to be, what what kind of an investigation did you actually do? Right. Then what did we do for the past however long? Right. When you when you stood up to the podium and said you did an investigation, what did you mean? When you use the word investigation, who did you talk to? What did you actually look into? Those are questions that didn't necessarily get asked at the time. They weren't responding to questions, to be fair. But also they said this is probably the most thorough investigation we've ever done about a player. Was that just a lie? And the answer is probably. Probably, yes. Probably, yeah. Yeah, probably. I mean, I don't... Because here's the reality, and I thought this when they said it. Any lawyer would tell them not to interview any of the women because then they are in on it. Yeah, pretty much. You, you can't interview the women and then turn around and, and trade for Deshaun Watson and give him the massive contract. And then when details that maybe weren't public become public and you're getting hit with the PR hit, you don't have the ability to say, we didn't know that before we gave him the money because you interviewed the women. It's like, because you talked to them. Right. I can't. But, I can't wait for the. I can't wait for stuff to come out and then being like, we had no idea. It's like, okay, this is the most thorough investigation since when? Right. But it, but that is what's going to happen. They're going to say, well, while we did thoroughly investigate Deshaun Watson, we weren't able to get with the women and investigate their side of things. So it's unfortunate that we didn't know these matters. That's what they're going to do. They're going to hang him out to dry on that for sure. He's going to be on his own if whenever the when he when he comes back week. I think it's eleven against us. When he goes to play that game. I am more than confident somebody is working on a story that's going to drop the same weekend that the Browns are going to have to deal with, that the Texans are going to have to deal with, that the NFL is going to have to deal with, and I'm sure there are going to be some terrible allegations in there. More specific stuff from women we haven't heard from yet. Probably the same women in the same group, but but just new details specifically. And everyone involved is going to have to be like, man, that's 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 awful that he did that. It's 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 crazy that he did that. And while the Texans will be able to take the high road and be like, well, this is part of the reason we wanted to be rid of him. This is why we did let him go. That's why we were excited to trade him, blah, blah, blah. The Browns are going to be stuck holding a big bag of doo-doo because what they're going to be able to say is, you know, we spoke to him. We looked into him. We found him to be credible. We believe, you know, there are two sides to every story. And while we sympathize with the victims in this matter, we do feel like we made the right choices with the information we had at the time. And then they're going to try and leave it at that. But the reality is they didn't want to know more because they wanted to be able to get Deshaun Watson, give him his contract, and come out and play good football, which they are in desperate need of because they're 2-3 and three right now. Incredible. So all that being said, 
Texans won. We're going to celebrate that. When we tune in tomorrow, we're going to talk a little bit about what direction we want to go. Do we want to, do we want to win a bunch of games? Or are we ready to just pack it up and, and say, okay, we got a win. Everyone doesn't have to yell at us. Now let's lose out. In other words, as Colton was trying to ask me two weeks ago and I laughed at him, is it tanking season? Um, so we're going to do all that, and we're going to do all that tomorrow on a new edition of Battle Red Radio. Be sure to tune in and hang out with us. Thank you, guys.